Welcome to a bonus episode of One Song Only, a podcast about figuring out what the best Kanye West song is. I'm your host, Austin Walker, and joining me today, a man who I want to keep that same energy, Art Martinez Tevel. Hey. Hi. <laughs> so uh, far, so good. You can find me on Twitter at ATevel, I guess. Also joining me, as always, the show's producer, coaching from the side of the ball court, Alicia Acampora. Um, hi, that's me. You can find me at Ali underscore West on Twitter. Uh, and, and you might have noticed immediately that that line is not from a Kanye West song, but instead from a Pusha T track <laughs> uh, that, that dropped, because Pusha dropped an album. Oh, God, there's been so much. Yeah. We started talking about doing another bonus pod, I guess, right before the Pusha album dropped, because we were like, oh... Pusha T's going to put out a record. We should talk about that. And then that became, yeah, we definitely need to talk <laughs> because that carried a Drake diss that immediately Drake responded to. And then Pusha responded to that. And we we're like, all right, we got we to gotta sit down. We got to talk about Pusha T and Drake. And then we realized as the week went on, like, oh, there's going to be a Kanye West album this week. Uh, and there was. And so now we're going to talk about, I guess, like the last two weeks of of kind of the the good music orbit the the entire the entire inner workings of what's happening right now um and then also some feelings about those albums and and uh kanye and where we're at in general um does anyone know where they want to start do we just want to do it chronologically what do we want to do it's really hard for me because i was out of the country when a lot of this happened uh-huh. That didn't that didn't echo out into France. People in, in France were just like, yo, fuck Drake. People oh, actually, like it suburban. does echo to France. Because that's where his kid is. That's where he's <gasps> keeping his child. <laughs> where in France, though? I think Paris. Yeah, that's not where I was at. Um, and like, but like, I was off, right? Like, I was nine hours ahead of LA. So I was like six hours ahead of the East Coast. Like, I was just basically like operating on a different... Like, I would wake up and things had just happened, right? Like, right, right, right. And it's hard to keep up with that. So, so like, I haven't heard this Pusha T album. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> you should just go right now and put it on in the background. It's 20 um, minutes. So. It's also 20 minutes. So, I mean, I guess that's part of the thing to think yeah. about. When is... did albums start? I'm gonna, this, is my, this is my Andy uh-huh. Rooney moment. But does anyone right. remember when records had to be, like, at least 45 minutes? <laughs> so, there's a... a Go ahead, Allie. Oh, well, I was just going to say that's kind of the whole deal with the, the like, there's not, is there a version of the word trio for five? Anyway, with the five albums that Good Music is coming out with right now, um, and specifically yeah. with, like, the Daytona messaging, that, like, the idea is the luxury of time is more of a luxury than money. I've, I've read a lot of Pusha T interviews. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, so Kanye, like, sat everyone down and was like, all of you are only going to do like seven tracks or whatever. And these are going to be the best seven tracks. But yeah. like, are people still paying for this? Do people still buy records of these cost full no price? No one buys like, records. No, nobody buys records. Period. Um, I think mm. Pusha sold like 33000 Yeah, no one's buying albums anymore, right? But like, is it that's because the thing. it costs 
twelve dollars or whatever, and it's like this is no. I think it's because no one buys music anymore. Well, people are, are just streaming this stuff, um, right? That that the Drake album that's going to come out is going to sell. Sure. Like yes, you're right. Dollars. You're right. Um, you're right. Um. I mean, so the thing that I was going to say is there has been, there was a really good tweet going around that now I'm not able to find um, that was basically like, at this point, terms like LP, album, like EP, mixtape, all of those terms are about, they've kind of left behind the physical the kind of physical um, history or the manufacturing history that they, that they emerge from um, and are really about a, an artist saying this one's important trust this one like put some i'm gonna put some money on this like i'm gonna put my name on this this is an album treat it like an album judge it like an album whereas an ep can always be a little more experimental a mixtape you know is gonna be like some stuff that got cut from an album and is absolutely not good or like sometimes we'll have some some like less than stellar remixes on it or just like uh, the same verse you've heard three times um and you know, you know, Drake has released a mixtape in the last two years. That mixtape was basically album length, but he called it the mixtape, and so you're supposed to treat it like that. Um, and I think I'm I'm good with that breakdown of terminology at this point because it's like that does seem to map with the way hip hop uses the terms at this point. I've I've looked into the matter, and both uh, Daytona and Yay can be had for eight dollars on iTunes. Oh well. That's probably the right price for seven song tracks or seven song albums, right? Yeah, it's certainly more reasonable than when I was like, are people paying $15 for this? Like, <laughs> Right, right. Um, so I guess, yeah, let's do it chronologically, which is we we'd known that these albums are coming up. But as Ali said, there are five, seven track albums coming. It is it is the two that released, Pusha and Kanye. Uh, one called Kid See Ghosts, which is Kanye and Kid Cudi. One from Nas. And then one from Tayana. Is that who the last person is? Yeah. Yeah. Um, or I actually don't know the release order necessarily. But uh, And so we knew that these were coming. They're all going to be seven tracks because Kanye's got in his head that seven tracks is perfect because he's Kanye West. Um, and I was expecting like seven albums. I thought like seven by seven is something. But no, no. Um, and so that push the album drops. And uh, high level, I think it's a solid seven tracks um i think there are a few tracks here that are really strong i think if you know you know is like a fucking incredible opener um what are your thoughts on this this album ali um i mean i really like if you know you know i really like hard piano yeah i've gone over it's because you love rick ross also also i really like pianos it works for me Mm -hmm. um i yeah, I don't know that there's like a track here that I'm like disappointed by, right? Like, it's, yeah, you know, it's a, I, I, I said this yesterday, but I think like the rating for the album is like a seven. There's like, right, there's nothing on here that's like fantastic. I'm not blown out of the water by any of this, but I like it, and I'm gonna listen to it yeah. this summer. Uh, I'm just looking uh, at I'm... the track listing here. Is this a cover of the Sublime song, <laughs> Santeria? Sadly, not. But it is one of the best songs on that album. Mm. There's a fucking incredible beat switch up in the for the final verse that just gets so grimy. I fucking love it yeah. so much. 
Um, and so, like, that's the thing. Kanye produced all these 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 tracks. Uh, Pusha kind of has gone around on the tour circuit, the interview circuit, to talk about what the production process was like. And, you know, it was very much the, like they'd been producing these songs for months and months and months and months and had different beats. And then they'd been working with trying to figure out other people's beats to put in. And then finally, Kanye was like, I think I can do all these beats, but better. Like, I can get to the, the heart of the beats we've been picking, except better. Let me just do all of them. And I think that was kind of the impetus for the larger project. Um, and so... Do- dove in and made this album and you know it's a push a t album it's a it's an album about selling drugs it's an album about uh other rappers having bad contracts um <laughs> it you know infrared is the last track on this album and it extends a beef that goes back quite a long time with young money with with drake with uh Lil wayne with, with with birdman with like the whole click um and uh you know i don't think there's much here that I mean, there's maybe like a couple of moments on the track where, where or on the album where Pusha talks about like the death of a friend, and you know, there's there's a little bit of interiority here. And in general, I think I think Pusha does a decent job of using like drug dealing as a metaphor for for hustle and for uh uh you know the the sort of like the the line between um, confidence and ego and stuff like that that is like not a particularly unique way to use the drug game in hip-hop but he's always been good at it uh and it's it's a solid push album uh it's not king push like it's not the it's not the album that he promised us after my name is my name which i wanted to be this really sprawling like vicious powerful thing it's a lot tighter than that but i still think it's pretty good um, and Kanye might be right about that that like the culture just doesn't have a attention span for a 15 song 20 song album anymore Except um, yes and no, right? Which is like Ray Shrem just released a tri- a triple album, right? And like if Ray Shrem can get away with, yeah, Shrem three is uh uh fucking twenty seven songs, and if Ray Shrem can get away with twenty seven <laughs> songs, then Pusha T can get away with fifteen. Yeah. Um, except except I mean here's the difference is I think and this is kind of what makes so much of what happened around this album so interesting for me is like. I don't know that anybody notices this album uh, in the in the broad culture, except for that Drake fucks up and responds. <laughs> um, that like Pusha T has fans, lots of them. I'm among them. You know, we are all among them. Clips was incredible. Uh, my name is my name is one of my favorite hip hop albums of the last twenty years. Like, but th- he does not have that crossover success, especially when removed from Neptune's beats. <laughs> um, <laughs> You know, like, we can talk about Grindin' all day. Yeah. Grindin' was the last time I think a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of people heard a clip song or a push, heard Push's voice all summer long, you know? Um, but the last track on, on Daytona is Infrared, which, again, fires shots at Drake, continues the Drake beef, um, a beef that people thought would be picked up way earlier. Uh, and and then Drake responded a day later with Duppy Freestyle, which at the time <laughs> I thought was incredibly good. Yeah. Um, I guess the, the thing to know about, free, about, about uh, Infrared is, like, it again went at Drake for having um, ghostwriters and, again, for being in a bad contract with with young money um but was you know that's tested material right that's the that's what you expect to hear from pusha going at drake um ali what what did you think about duppy freestyle and art did you hear it i did i've heard i've heard all of the 
I didn't hear the uh, the album, but I heard Duppy and I heard uh, Eddie Don. Yeah, I heard the the okay. end of the of the okay. discussion. <laughs> the important stuff. Yeah. Um, I really liked Duppy Freestyle. I like it was kind of a crisis because I was like, this has to be the one. <laughs> this has to be like the. I have to see Pusha's T's like second form here because if I have to live a <laughs> life where Kanye West says that slavery is a choice and Drake is the person who like beats Pusha T, bodies Pusha T, yeah. I'm not gonna be able to go on. Like I think that there's there's really good stuff in the the Duppy freestyle. Um, yes, it's a very good diss track. Um, you know, Drake has got. You know, Drake is going to bring the smoke, I think, now. Like, he... Is he? He's a person for which... Like, I don't know. Like, I think... Because I can tell you what he's bringing right now, <laughs> which is TMZ. He's called TMZ, so they will run articles that say things like, oh, Drake met his son a couple times, including on Christmas. And, like, dog, you lost already if that's the shit you're having published. <laughs> yeah. yeah, counterpoint, Drake doesn't know anything about smoke. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. I just think that, like, so the thing with... Drake has always seemed like such an easy target. I, uh, yes. I guess I come from, well, like, I, I'm just going to go say, ahead. I come from this perspective of the two of you that I've listened to a lot more Drake than either of you. So I like Drake, but at the same time, I've always waited for Drake to be knocked down a peg because he's desperately yes. needed it. And like, yes. after the Meek stuff, it looked like he was going like, to get into go- a <sighs> battle he wasn't going to win. and like Right, but then Meek just dropped the ball so yeah, fucking badly. So um, badly. I mean, that was the thing. Is like, I, I've, listened to, I've listened to plenty of Drake. I've listened to everything that Drake's released. Um, I haven't loved it all. There are <laughs> albums of his that I really do enjoy. I think, like, I love Take Care. Um, I think... Um, yeah, I think there are other there are other albums that I'm, like, less all the way on board with. But, like, Nothing Was the Same is fine. I, I really like... Um, parts of if you're reading this, it's too late. And I and I love the what was the tape with future called? Um, oh, that was good. Uh, um, fuck, why do I not remember the name of the Drake Future album? Spotify, not Drake. So just <laughs> uh huh. That's not going to do it for you. Uh, was it just called Drake and Future? Oh, uh, what a time to be alive! Yeah. Of course, of course. I really love what a time to be alive. Um, That's the thing but... with Drake is he's not a good album guy. He's a good songs guy. Take care was good, yes. but albums wise. He just doesn't have it. Well, like, and so much of it is, like, for me, the thing that makes me want him to, the things that I've, the reason I've always wanted them to be knocked down a peg is that he can say shit like, um, uh, you don't hype me up and make me catch a body like that. And, like, no, you nor no one around you is going to catch a body. I saw you on Degrassi. Like, <laughs> I know who you are. Uh, yeah. Um, I don't care for Drake. And I think that I'm I'm a lot of the times in that I'm being uncharitable to him. I think he has a lot of good songs. I think that there's good Drake work. And I guess like I I tweeted recently that like I thought it was funny that someone on the Waypoint forums called me a rap purist because I do not uh-huh. see myself like that. And but, here you are. But Drake is too soft to make rap music. Yeah. <laughs> He's not. Rap has changed. Rap has changed because of Kanye and Drake, among other people, right? And also, rap has always had its its touch of softness. Like you go back, like rap got hard. It wasn't always hard. Yeah, rap was dance music. You know what I mean? Yeah, but 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 this guy was on a Canadian soap opera. (laughs) I get you. I get you. But like, think for a moment, real honestly, to yourself, by the way, (laughs) about Diddy. Real hard about Diddy. Now, Diddy surrounded himself with some real people, but think about Diddy. 
I think Maybe he could get someone Diddy. shot. Right, but that's because he's rich and because he hung around the right people. Diddy is soft as shit and like soft shit. Yeah, and his big song is terrible. Right. <laughs> so that's what I'm saying is there's a place for softness in hip hop, um, even if I don't necessarily always like Drake. But like, um, but which, which which is why it's so surprising that he came out with Duppy, which was which was really hard and factual and smart around countering the stuff that that Pusha pushed out with, you know, um, yeah. owning up to having a ghostwriter and turning it into the most Drake shit possible, where he says, uh, "As for Q, Q is the is the was Quentin, uh, one of his alleged, uh, I guess at this point confirmed ghostwriters." Um, and as for Q, man, I changed his life a couple times. A nigga was at Kroger working double time. I'm like, oh, okay. You you just hand it out. You're like, hey, write me some shit. Here's some money. That is the most Drake way to respond to it. Um, but the least Drake way to respond to this was when he was like, uh, two things. One, um, basically saying straight out, hey, Pusha, you didn't you didn't move any weight. Uh, your brother said it was your cousin, then him, then you. So you don't rap what you did, you just rap what you knew. Don't be ashamed, it's plenty of niggas do, uh, that do what you do. There's no malice in your heart, you're an approachable dude. Is incredibly good. It's incredibly good. You're an approachable dude is so strong at undercutting push. And then the bit with, with Kanye, and, and basically saying like, yeah, uh, what's the exact phrasing on it? Does anyone remember? Um, father stretched, had to stretch out his hands and get it for me. Yes. Um, oh, I've done a thing oh. for him that I thought he would never need. Those are reversed, but those are, yeah. But those are good. Yes. Very which, good. In which he's, he's saying, oh, actually, actually, uh, <laughs> you know, you, you're working with Kanye West, someone who has numerous times literally come to me to give him either ghost written shit or at least reference tracks. So a reference track in hip hop is where you get someone. I mean, this is a common thing. Um, uh, Dr. Dre uses a lot of ghost writers and has historically uh, and has often used reference tracks where a, a kind of a more technical rapper can figure out and rhyme uh, the, the flow over, over the track. And then the, the actual like star rapper just goes into the booth and, and sings over the, that rhythm, that way they can understand how to move in and out of a beat in an interesting way. Um, so it's a common enough thing, but like the superstar superstars aren't supposed to do it, you know? Uh, and so like as much as Kanye wants to avoid that, that uh, or had, in the past wanted to kind of move past that, here uh, Drake is like, no, he's still doing that shit. <laughs> but of course he is, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think maybe that's the, the reason why the story of Adi Don hits so hard is because it opens with Pusha T being like, all right, let's stop talking about rap music. <laughs> because we all know. We all know. We yeah. all know. <sighs> Allie, do you want to talk about when that song dropped? I think you were the one who told me about it dropping. Yeah. You were like, you basically grabbed me on the internet and was like, Austin. <laughs> We've had, okay, so we have like a little Discord like chat for this podcast and it's been very active this past weekend. Yeah. Um, I don't remember how I saw it. I think that I was, again, I was just, like, holding on. I was like, maybe he's just, you know, it's a holiday weekend. He's going to take some time. Something has to happen. Right. Um, oh, you know what was Flex had tweeted? Oh, yes, and we yes. linked okay, that. No, no, no. I saw, um, shout out to B-Boyzilla, who was a... Mm-hmm. What's was good, re- Isaiah? Yeah. Um, was retweeting stuff about it. And I was like, wait, where is there a Pusha T song? Wait, 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 wait. Um, uh-huh. And it was still 
it was still being like released on Hot 97 at the time because Funkmaster Flex <laughs> took 30 minutes to, to listen to it because he had to stop, keep um, stopping it to drop bombs, which, you know. He had to drop a lot of bombs, which is, that's a, a, it's Funk Flex. You can't tell him not to drop bombs as much yeah. as you would like him to stop dropping bombs. Why would you want him to stop dropping bombs? I didn't. So I you was... could hear the fucking lyrics, my guy. <laughs> It's a, but it's, it's an aesthetic. It's, it's fine. It's it is an aesthetic. You're right. It's a choice. <laughs> I was listening to the radio to experience listening to that song for the first time, and yes. I could have actually listened to it later. It was a perfect experience. Um, fair, fair. And yeah, so I, you know, we were able to hop in while it was still happening. <laughs> um, and... We had to record a friend of the table thing that night. I think. And what were we recording? Oh, yeah, I don't that's even right. remember you what it was. Now. Oh, it was I was doing a, yeah. a Twilight Mirage game, uh, and I was in a diner, I want to say, or a Dunkin' Donuts or something, like being like, "All right, I have to go record a thing, but uh, I need to finish listening to whatever this is, or the subway or some shit." Uh, I was like, "I can't, I can't leave until I hear all of the lyrics," <laughs> and it's brutal. It's it's, it's, it's a, a brutal savage song. I was going to say in our last exchange, like, imagine the verse on TakeOver about Drake, but, like, it's this, right? This is... Yes. We got it. Yeah. We got it a week later. I think it's way more brutal than that, right? Because so much of... For, for a couple for a couple reasons. One is that... So TakeOver as a song, the, the Nas uh, J beef of the early 2000s is produced a lot of great work but also produced a lot of work that's kind of hard to go back to because so much of it is caught up in like some gross homophobia right uh it's caught up in a, a very macho idea of what manliness is and so much of the disses back and forth are about undercutting that and it's hip-hop and it's a, it's a very masculine space it's a very it's a very like hyper toxic masculine space it always has been uh and so i'm not that surprised by that um uh, and I think there's good work in there in spite of that. I think like Takeover is still just a phenomenal track to bop your head to. Um, and I think one of the smartest things that Pusha does here is frame so much, even the biggest drops, even the biggest like like take your legs out from under you reveals to be about Drake's character and his pride. Like he opens the track by saying, drug dealing aside, ghost writing aside, let's have a heart to heart about your pride. And then he goes in on his deal with with uh with baby, with 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 Birdman again, with with young money, uh, then goes in about his father. And that is like when it starts to come apart a little bit for for Drake, really. Um which is did you, did you all both see that the video I linked to you about how Drake or about how Pusha figured out how to do this? Mm-hmm. So there's a video going around of Pusha T. I think the, the person who I saw share it said like, "Oh, Pusha T is a super villain." <laughs> I didn't realize. <laughs> um, but it, it's Pusha being interviewed about how he came up with some of the stuff and why he went the directions he did in Story of Adi Don, uh, and he says like, you know. Um, I was focused on on the on Duppy freestyle. There's this there's this trash lyric, which is like, oh, it's already good. I'm already I'm so glad you're already going in like that. Where he says, uh, Drake says, uh, I'm gonna let it ring on you like Virginia Williams, and Virginia Williams is is Pusha's uh, fiance. Um, and and Pusha was like, 
Why does that matter? Why is that why is that a bad thing? Why is it that you think a ring is a bad thing or marriage is bad? And so I started looking into it and I realized, oh, your father left you when you were five and your your mother never remarried. And look, I swear to God, Pusha T says with a straight face into a microphone, he says like, oh, Drake doesn't know what family is. You don't know what a family is. And it's like, oh, oh my God. Um, and then the rest of the track, like, you know, the, the track ends up basically saying the things I just said, and then also revealing that he has a child that he is naming an Adidas line after, which I guess that Adidas line is probably going to get a different name now. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, and then and then even the stuff that I think is up against the line in terms of fair play uh, around Drake and race and blackness is still centered on Drake's ego and drake's inability to accept the fact like it's it's um i'm trying to find the, the bit about the fro right it's um afraid to grow it because your fro wouldn't nap enough uh confused always felt you weren't black enough and that's not push isn't saying you're not black enough he's saying like for all of your fucking swagger you have never been able to confront the fact that you're biracial and, like and and you need to do that because that is the character you play Right, you play the most confident person in the world, but you don't. You're not actually. You're actually that character. In the same way that my character of being a drug dealer might be filled with some holes, your character of the most confident man in the world is actually filled with with holes. Um, it's just a brutal fucking song. No, it's it's really it's one of those things. Like I can't imagine what being Drake and hearing that record is like. Yeah. And, like, I would have paid a million dollars to watch him. To, like, if he streamed <laughs> listening to it for the first time on Twitch, I would have I would have hammered that subscribe button. <laughs> yeah, I... Oh, man. I mean, this is the work of a professional, right? Like, everyone <laughs> like, thinks, like, oh, Drake, you know, you shouldn't come for Drake because he's going to respond in less than 24 hours, which is true. Kudos to him for that. He but- has a big team of writers. So, like, of <laughs> course he's going to respond yeah. with less than 24 hours. <laughs> but you're saying professional, and what you really mean is professional. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you mean a hitman. Yeah, I just, like, I I just want to see Pusha T's filing cabinets, right? Where he just has... <laughs> You know, information and pictures of any rapper that he he would need to. No, I forget where this was on Twitter. It was my favorite joke about this. Um, but someone was like, Drake better not come back because the next one's going to be season three of Serial. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. Uh, like, that's, I think that was me also, by the way. Oh, um, that was you? Oh, you. Good work. Yeah, I certainly made a Serial joke about this. Uh, but no, it's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. I I don't know if he got... If if he hired uh, investigators or what, um, and again, like the, the again and again, this verse like centers back on Drake's character, not the facts. Right, yeah. like forget she's a porn star, let her be your world. Like love that baby, respect that girl. Is like yo Drake, step up, stop, stop <laughs> playing the lovable like person who like the person who goes out there and says how important women are to you and make sure these people are in your life is is a lot. Um, I mean, okay. Drake seems like a person who might be hiding a kid if he checks women's phones when they go to the bathroom. Fair. Yes. So, yes. Fair. Fair. But I so like much Drake. of the appeal for Drake has always been, like, you the best, right? Yeah, or like, no, no, I know. Um, but... Or the best I ever had. You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of, like, oh, but you're the exception girl type shit in Drake's catalog. Yeah, but I feel like, and push a team, 
brings us up to uh-huh. <laughs> the, the like first line of the track is like, let's talk about why in the past two years, all of your music has been lies and also angry. Yeah. And I feel like fair. Fair. Drake has moved away from the romance a little bit to like yeah. posture. And this is a good way to make him stop doing that. I suppose. I don't know. Um, I will um, see what's that. What's Scorpion. So Scorpion, Scorpion is Drake's is supposed upcoming to come album. Out this month. It's still June. Oh, 2018. He should push that back. Mm. He can't, right? I don't think that he would. He got an embroidered shirt that says Scorpion 20, 2018 on it. So. Oh, please push it back now. 2018 is oh. a long time, though. Like, what... It says June. It says June 2018. I'm just saying, like, what What if it was August? Also, you don't think Drake can afford a second embroidered shirt? <laughs> Not um, after you gram it. My uh, my wife is um, I have I guess I have two stories about my wife about this beef and then about Drake in general. Uh-huh. She she's she's a feminist studies PhD. She's a she's a smart lady, um, and she thought that Pusha T was like trying to shame him for dating a sex worker, which she did not think was particularly cool of of him. I don't think I that see, only yeah. bec- only because I know what that sounds like in a song from Pusha T. Sure. And it is not there is no wiggle room. Um you know? she's a Drake fan, so um uh-huh. she she might be a little uh uh biased here. But I also remember the first time that she heard Hotline Bling. Mm-hmm. Um she she the, there's the line in there, you know, ever since I left the city you got a reputation for yourself now and she was like I really thought that was going to be like a positive line. Oh. Like you got yourself a reputation. Like, <laughs> and then um, I don't, I almost said spoiler alert as if this weren't a song that's been out for a very long time. <laughs> um, but uh, that's not, that's not what, uh, no. that's not what that line about. I love about. how I'm playing, but I like, there was like a, a month after it came out where I was like, mm, all I want to do every day is talk about how this is an abusive relationship. Yeah, it's um, rough. It's yeah, he's a real song. shit in that song. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and he could have gone the other way. That way was there too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he could have yeah. just been. He could have just been proud. <laughs> God, to go back to pride. Yeah. <laughs> um, before we move on, I just you are hiding a child mm-hmm. is a sentence. And also, it's enunciated all the way. Mm-hmm. All of the like stuff around, all of like the Drake defenses on this are are bonkers. Like, oh yeah, but I was gonna do it by by making this Adidas line and naming it at like what what Game of Thrones nonsense <laughs> shit does Drake think he lives in? Where he's like, I will acknowledge yeah. you through my footwear line. Right. Yep. Yep. Um, I mean, so that is the like. God, I don't even know where is. I don't know if this is an exact quote from somewhere, or is this just a a uh, one second? Okay, yeah. So, so yes, this is a quote from when Push went on the Breakfast Club after the song released and added and talked about this stuff. Uh, and he said, "We couldn't know about your child until you started selling sweatsuits and sneakers." And it's like, <laughs> oh yeah, that really brings it into perspective a lot, actually. <laughs> like, Yo, this lot. line is gonna. This is going to hurt that line, too. I mean, I understand that Drake's going to sell a lot of sweatsuits and sneakers. He but, is. like, he's probably going to sell a few less now. I hope. Um, also, a great push line in that Breakfast Club interview is, uh, I don't even hang with my friends who have child support issues. Thank you. As a, <laughs> as a, as a, as a the, the, the son of divorced parents, 
you know, my dad got it right in the end, but there were some hiccups on the way. Mm-hmm. And you know what, Push? Thank you for standing up. <laughs> um, I, is there anything else here we want to talk about? Yeah, oh, go ahead, Hallie. I do want to say really quickly is that like a lot of the stuff with the Drake stuff with Drake's kid was sort of known. Like it was, right? It had been. Um, on TMZ and in, in, in gossip groups before that doesn't take anything away from this track. I think it's fantastic, but um, man, I love that Drake's like real, the real mistake that Drake made was <laughs> doing a clothing line with the same company that, yep. that pushes is working for. And yeah, he is. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, and then the second real mistake was, Hey, I'm going to use your fiance's name in my song for a, for what it truly is a trash line. Just a nothing. I'm going to let it ring on you like Virginia Williams is just yeah. There are so many things you know that really- you could have put in there. So many things rhyme with feelings. Williams wasn't the only one, Drake. Um when you Williams say it like clean all the rhyme. that um I think that Drake enunciates that <laughs> As fully as Pusha does, you're having yes. a child. Um, and if you just want to compare those two lines. <laughs> right. There's certainly a knockout there, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the yep. thing we didn't mention is the, the photo. Oh, we yeah. did not. Oh, there's two. So there's two photos we have not mentioned, uh, both on Pusha T releases. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is the, the cover uh, of Daytona, and then there is the cover of the story of Adi Don. Mm-hmm. Um, the story of Adi Don one is wild because it was like, wow, I can't believe he put this person who's in blackface, uh, or I can't believe he shopped this, this image of, of Drake in blackface. And then the second image started going around of like of, of an image where it was very clearly Drake in blackface and what? <laughs> Excuse? <laughs> what a wild 40 minutes that was of like listening to it on Hot 97 Seeing the SoundCloud link and sending it to you and being like, yo, look at this track cover because this is a little much. And then the next, like, it was within 20 or 30 minutes that Pusha was like, stop calling this art. (laughs) This is a real photo and posting both of them. Um, Yep. That was, it was a lot. It truly (laughs) was. Um, Yeah, I, yeah. Um, so the other, the other thing that we should talk about a little bit is I'm curious, I know, Ali, you'd, you'd kind of, um, uh, dog-eared it to say you wanted to mention the Daytona cover art, um, is a, f- <laughs> uh, is a photo of Whitney Houston's, uh, bathroom, um, that is, uh, you know, not in great shape, uh, is, is covered with, you know, lots of stuff. Whitney Houston had a rough life. Yeah. Whitney Houston, yeah. Uh, incredible performer, incredible singer, um, had had a lifelong um, uh, substance abuse problems um, uh, that, or maybe not lifelong, they got worse. They got worse. Uh, there were parts of her life where they were not as bad as they got to. Um, and uh, it's an image from like the early 2000s, mid-2000s, where it was really bad uh, of her, of her kind of, uh, bathroom sink and, and counter covered in in you know all sorts of shit uh, needles coke mirrors like you do yeah. uh, you know beer ca- a beer can some Newports you know it's such a tough thing I it's like I really like Pusha T I've, I've I've complimented him for forty minutes or whatever but I think that 
it is such a line that didn't need to be crossed. Um, yeah. The thought of, like, them just... I mean, not even that, but, like, that it was changed last minute, and Kanye paid, like, 85000 or million yeah. dollars for it or whatever. It's that just, like... thousand. It was okay. not a million. If it was a million, <laughs> if someone... If it was a million, if you got to take $85 million from Kanye and give it to anybody else... It might be worth it, uh, but eighty five thousand not enough. Fair, um, like the Houston I, estate deserves better, is what I'm saying. Uh, I feel like if I was, if it wasn't 2018, that was a slightly more of a stand. I would be like, oh, you know, if he's gonna have this album, he should show the dark side of cocaine use too. But like, that's not. It's not like there was a track about that. It's not like that's what they're trying to no. do. It just means no. really exploitative in a way that doesn't even sort of need to be like no uh, we didn't need to ever see whitney houston's crack pipe yeah. on the cover of a push a t album yeah. um and like there isn't even an argument like connie's argument is this is what people need to see and like all right all right i mean connie ain't uh, never publishing pictures of his own bathroom <laughs> true he does yeah maybe the cover of his long hallway on the is that on the push a t album or on, on his mm. That's on his. That's on no, that's on Pusha. That's on that that that's on um the whatever like Meek track. Oh, uh, what would Meek do? Yeah. What would Meek do? What would Meek do? Getting yeah, back yeah. to Daytona, like if you're only going to have seven songs and you're going to let Kanye do all of the beats for them and have you sound a specific way and you are going to say this is called Daytona because this is the best that I can do and it's named after my favorite watch you have to look at Kanye West in the face and be like D- write a different verse. <laughs> Please. <Yep. laughs> uh-huh. I oh, it's such a bad verse, and to like bring up his friend's kid dying is like an aside in a verse on an album is so bad. Why would you do that? Yeah. Well, I mean, we this that's a that's as good transition to any as to what the fuck is happening on any of the verses on Kanye's new album. <laughs> Do we get a can we get a general feel for this for this album real quick from all of us? For yay, yeah. I said this before we started. You told me to save it for here. I can't believe I joined Spotify for this. <laughs> I spent I can't so believe long you had... off the Spotify grid, and now I'm on it, and it was still to this fucking album. Dude, was there an ad in the middle of it? For it? There was. No, wow. We just got to get a Friends of the Table family account. <laughs> we do. On something. We got to find out. Maybe on title. What's the best one for, for musicians? Um, anyway. Is this even uh, on title? What's on title? That's the title is they won't tell you what's on it until you join. Well, yeah, it's like a it's like a whole thing. Um, this album's weird. Uh, there's some tracks on it that I really like. Um, yeah. There's some tracks on it that I don't like at all. But it's the first time the spell was really broken with Kanye for me. Um, it I think about listening to Pablo, and I didn't like Pablo as much as anything previous to to that the Kanye had put out. It was, it's probably my bottom. Kanye album, maybe, maybe, maybe. Counting or not um, counting this? Counting this. Ah, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I have to listen to this and Pablo more to, to do that comparison. Uh, but at the time, it was definitely like, oh, mm, but it was still a Kanye album. And I was still very much like, well, even Kanye's worst is better than many people's best. And therefore, <laughs> and also Ultralight Beam is the best song. And that part is still true. Uh, and so it was worth it. But. I was still under the spell of like, well, everybody has a miss. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it's all about averages. And like, this isn't perfect, but I still like it. I still genu- generally like it. Here are some things I would change, but here's the project all said. Um, this 
is the first time that I've been like, oh, yeah. Like, like his, like his Twitter presence, it's kind of corny in lots of places. Um, I have, I have notes about each of these songs, um, but the big picture for me is that it feels like a sketchbook. Um, it feels like the sketchbook of a really good artist, but like, it's a sketchbook. And so sometimes you get a sketch in a sketchbook that's like, wow, this is basically a full piece. This is so beautiful. And for me, that's something like Ghost Town. I think Ghost Town is like just about ready. I say just about because even there in Connie's verses, there are clearly like placeholder lines mm-hmm. um, that are not done. And like his his – flow isn't the way it should be and like he needs to he, he could redo that verse he could go back in the, in the studio for a day and fix up that verse write a couple of extra lines and it would be it would be an uh, you know an s rank song instead of i think an a rank song but i think that song's great other other tracks on this album are like the sorts of sketches where you look at it and go like is that a horse what <laughs> what, is, what was the artist go was this a bike what is what is this it's butter it's butter this is a picture of butter <laughs> That's what this is supposed to be? Okay. Um, and, and that is a real, that is a bummer to me. Yeah. I, there's a lot, I've listened to this album a lot. Um, probably more How? than I needed to. Uh, it's <laughs> been like three days, and, you know, I don't know. And it's 22 it's minutes. 22 you can minutes fit that in how... by mistake mm-hmm. a bunch of times. Mm-hmm. It's because I really, okay, so here's the thing, is that I listen to it on Spotify. I listen to the yeah. seven tracks. Um, Spotify always automatically plays a better Connie West song immediately after it. I feel ashamed and really sad <laughs> that I had to go back to the first track, which I really like a lot and is also like just the most like emotionally exhausting thing to listen yes. to. Um, yeah. God, this album is tough. I don't know. I It was never going to be, you know, so repulsive that I was like, okay, I could write off Kanye now, or like, it wasn't going to be a Venus flytrap of like, I'm going to act out on Twitter and then my entire album is going to be, you know, contradicting that. Um, I don't think that we're getting like a backpedal from any of this in a long time. No. But the flip side is like, I think that if like Yikes and All Mine weren't on this album, I would like slide back into stand mode a little bit (laughs) yeah (laughs) i I think i don't know maybe not stand mode or you know what the thing i was thinking a lot is like i think if some of these tracks came out a year from now if he didn't release this and he went quiet and then a year from now he was like oh i'm dropping an album it's out now go check it out and it was you know i thought about killing you ghost town um no mistakes maybe the hook on wouldn't leave yeah um some other stuff here or there it'd be like oh okay okay you know i'm sensitive i got a gentle mental he does he does have a gentle mental and that's like but we're too close we're way too close yeah. to the flame still I we just got burnt the the tough thing about this album especially is that you can tell it was written in a week and you can tell that it was written last week and like i'd have loved to heard a song that he wrote you know, two weeks before, or like two months before he came back on Twitter, and like one that right. he wrote yesterday, and like one that he wrote a year ago. Um, I mean, that's I think part of it, though. Like, <clears throat> even the good songs could use another couple passes. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> like, if you don't think you could cut a third of the spoken word part on "I Thought About Killing You" and make this a better song, you're wrong. I disagree completely. Yeah. But oh my god, it's, I love goes it goes on I like, forever. I that is going to be your thing all <laughs> this entire show. Um, but I think it's a great opening bit. I thought this, the 22 minutes album. were over when I was done with that <laughs> bit. 
Uh, I that is the closest to me. That song specifically because of how it switches beats is like the closest it felt like Kanye being honest about being bipolar and dealing with mental mental health issues and is also the one that I think has some of the best moments of hip of rap of him rapping time to bring in the drums that pump pump um and then especially the line um uh got too many bad or the i've had a, i've had a bad case of too many bad days got too many bad trades use the floor for ashtrays is like yep okay that gets me <laughs> i'm not and, talking about that part though <laughs> i know i know but i want that build up i love yeah. that build up of the repeated especially because you realize you spend a lot of it thinking okay he's just looping the same read but he isn't looping the same yeah. read he's doing the he's doing the read again and again and that again does work for me um i think for a lot of the reasons why 808s worked for me which is that does produce a certain um a certain familiar feeling of being bad in your head uh and just obsessing over that same shit over and over and over i think it's like a bad parody of 808s (laughs) i think like 808s for all its fault is at least like to the point you know (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean it's a four minute song. It's not it's not even like a seven minute yeah. it, I think you know, it's eight minutes long. <laughs> it's four thirty four. I'm looking at it currently. I'm yeah. pretty sure that each <laughs> half is four and a half minutes. Um I mean that I think that's the tough thing about this album though, is that I think before it came out it was a lot of like, you know, I know a lot of people who are mentally ill and I don't know any of them who think slavery yes. is a choice. Right. Um but this song is definitely made by someone who is struggling with a lot of stuff and yeah. i think coming out with uh, i thought about kill you killing you is like very disarming which makes me less angry about this album that i feel like i wanted to be or should have been um right but like that other shit does still pop up on this album and that's yes. part of the problem uh-huh. right is that we are not that far away from him saying Russell Simmons want to pray for me too. I I'm a pray for him because he got me too. Yeah, me too. Like, is so gross. Whoa. Yo, you gotta go. Yeah, you can't say that out loud. But then again, I mean, he defended Cosby. Like he sure did. Was 2016, so it's not like I I hate it, but you know yeah. I've heard it and I still yeah. made this podcast, so you know. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I mean, that's the other thing. Uh, Liz Ryerson, who's a games critic I really admire, was basically saying, like, hey, if you really want to talk about reactionary Kanye, there's way more of it on Pablo than there is even on this. Where here he's talking about shit he has said, but on on Pablo, he's actually saying some shit that is gross. Yeah. Um, here he's just – I mean, there's some shit here. I think, I think violent crimes is, like – it's laughable that we actually got the, like – Oh, I had a daughter, and now I know women are are valuable. The song, like, which is because the beat is very good, and there's probably a version of the song that is by Nicki Minaj or 070 uh, Shake uh, that is a song I actually like a lot. But what is Nicki doing on that song? I think giving him reference. Yeah, I think that's literally him saying, "Yeah, I have, I have rep- people who give me reference tracks and who ghostwrite for me." That's what I think that is. Yeah. Um, the, I don't think there's anything else here that I have written down about these songs. Oh, um, just, just another thing about, I just, just to, to, to go on my, my continuous rant about the spoken word section, I thought about killing you. Please. I also think it just needs another take. 
or like rather i think it needs to feel like it's not stitched between so many takes as clearly mm. i would prefer that to like to feel like it was red in one go right i i got that feeling from it so i i had just a different experience of it i think mm. um i mean i bet uh, i'm the, right you're probably <laughs> right yeah um, here's the last thing I'll say is, did either of you get to watch the stream I did. of this? That, I think that's the other thing that's been really tough for this album for me is that, like, in something that is, like, seeing him listen to this album and smile is tough when it seems really joyless. Yeah. Um, and as someone who, like, struggles with similar mental health, it's been really tough. I don't know. It's, it's like, I don't know. It's weird to be like, I hope he's happy, <laughs> but like, you know? Yeah, know. watching watching Ghost Town specifically, which I think is the best song on this album. Yeah. Um, seeing him smile in Wyoming, so they, so he did a live stream of this this album the night it came out on some fucking who even knows what the app was called anymore. Yeah, um, it was everywhere for a minute. It was, yeah, that's true. I watched it on Twitch TV. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, the joy that he had was this very strange thing for me because one i think that song was really good and i like, tuned in as that song was starting up and i was like oh shit is this album incredible uh and it ended up being like okay uh it ended up not being as good as that song was um but seeing him super happy like that and then we like, replayed it once so i got to see the whole thing felt a lot like some relationships i had ended and being like, we're about to break up, but I'm glad you're happy. <laughs> like, from across the room at the party, like, oh, you're having the time of your life, huh? Okay. That's good. I'm, like, I'm happy that you have this moment. I'm not going to fuck with you. Like, go smile. Like, I want you to live a good life. We can go our separate ways. Which, you know, I don't, I don't know that we've broken up, but I'm not going to be excited for the next Kanye West release. Yeah. You know? Uh, but he's also so happy. He's so, so happy. And it reminds me of so many of the conversations we've had about, you know, before this album came out, when we first started this podcast, one of the things that we did a lot was, like, link old videos to each other of old Kanye shit. And, like, Kanye in the studio smiling with Jay or smiling with with Pharrell or, like, you know, figuring out how to do a, you know, someone somewhere in Chicago before he goes live, like, meeting people in the lobby. Like, there's so many, or, like, getting the... Um, late orchestration performance together and working with the the you know the orchestra there and, and teaching people how to you know do whatever song like all of that stuff and seeing him happy was such a cornerstone of my fandom for him for so long um, that it's hard to see it now to see him be happy now to have that same stimulus and have it not just give me a warm feeling you know yeah I, it's tough because it's like I think a lot of when we spoke about like criticisms of him on um, Twitter, it was a lot of like stuff he doesn't have access to anymore. Um, right. And like to see him with his friends and family and like Jonah Hill and a bunch of music critics. Was Jonah Hill there? Yeah. Why? <laughs> and Kenneth <God>. Owens. <laughs> um, Great. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Just really enjoying this. And also, yeah, I don't know. Um, I guess I had a second point, which was like... What do you think it's like to be Jonah Hill? <laughs> He's probably doing fine, probably right? Doing What's he? Jonah totally Hill. Fine. He's probably just doing... Um, what, is, what is it called when you pick up scripts? What? When You, you know, like, like um, Carrie Fisher did it when you punch stuff up. 
Oh, like a oh, script oh, doctor. Like, yes. Yeah. Yes, that makes sense. Is he funny? Is he like? Is he funny? I don't know. Uh, didn't, didn't he's about to direct a movie called Mid Nineties? Didn't he write? Oh no! One of the ones that uh-huh. became popular. That was a thing he wrote. Did he? Right? I thought that he wrote. Um, huh. The first one he was big, and maybe I'm wrong. He did not write he, Super Bad, if that's what you're thinking. Okay. He co-wrote the treatment for 21 Jump Street. Well, 21 Jump Street so. is pretty good. Oh, that's the other thing that I wanted to bring up. He's like, can Kanye West not watch new movies? Is that the problem? He can't. It's it's uh, it's just... Um, um, meet the, the Fockers wa- It's Meet the Fockers. It's, uh, he knows the word Medulla Oblongata because he loves the water boy. We know he loves oh, the water boy. Um, Kanye West's favorite movies. I'm typing into Google. This is all we don't need back. Uh, he should have kept no, doing it. No, no, yeah. Um, no, he only watches old shit. You know. I mean, I bet he can go to the movies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Here's a good Kanye yeah, quote. Wait, he can get screeners. People get screeners. He lives in Hollywood. Have y'all ever seen Wreck It Ralph? West once asked on camera, explaining how much he relates to the animated movie starring John C. Riley. Okay, so he, how does he relate know. to that movie? I don't know. Uh, he once said that Akira, uh, There Will Be Blood, are his two, and, and and There Will Be Blood are his two equally favorite movies of all time. Okay. He's seen them both between thirty and forty times. I was having this <laughs> um, conversation the other day. You remember that video of Jay Z riding on the subway, and like that old woman is talking to him, and she's like, no. "Well, I hope you're successful." And it's funny because oh, it's Jay Z. Yeah. How famous do you think you have to be before you just literally can't ride the subway? Um, I mean, like, could Will Smith ride on the subway? No. Yeah. No. Yeah. No one would fuck with him. He has that unfuckability. Like, he can't. You can't move. Like, Will Smith could just make people part in front of him. He'd be like, y'all, thank you, and then everyone would be like, oh, okay, I'll let you go. No, he would just get a car to himself. Who was that comedian who recently was like, I got a group on for a swamp tour, and Will Smith and Jada Smith came with me. That was a Tiffany Haddish. No, yes. And then like, and does it ruin that trip? Also, if you have not seen that video, yeah, oh my not. god, it's very good. <laughs> anyway, people still, you know, people really want to talk to Will Smith when they see him in public. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> um, I just think, I just think, if Will Smith was like, "I'm busy," I'd be like, "All right, sir." I, you know, you're, but maybe you're, he you're fine. You're, you're not. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I guess that's true. I guess that's true. Not making I mean, but the, Will Smith. <laughs> this. Uh, <laughs> That's true. I guess this actually gets to one of my other notes, though, which is there's some really sad moments on, um, on uh, Yay on this album, uh, including for me. There's a moment at the end of Yikes where he's like, which also, by the way, someone tweeted, uh, "Yikes!" Except you pronounce it like Nikes, and I always just want to say Yikes now. <laughs> um, but at the end of Yikes, it uh, he's like, "Ask your girl if she would fuck me," basically, and. Connie doesn't know how unfuckable he is right now, does he? Yeah. Like, no one wants to fuck you. Mm-hmm. I, I guess Kim, but like, you, so much of what made you attractive was that you didn't think slavery was a choice. Mm-hmm. So much, Very so much of it. That. And that's gone now. Um, and that's not a good, like, it's just sad that he thinks that still. Yeah. Well, I mean, there are people who would have sex with any celebrity, right? <laughs> sure. Like, sure, not, but that's I don't different mean, like, than one person. I mean, like, 
Yeah. <laughs> yes, there are people who would have sex with any celebrity. But there are also but but the the framing wasn't if you if your partner is someone who would have sex with any celebrity, I bet she'd fuck me. It was <laughs> ask your girlfriend if she'd fuck me. And I bet a lot of them would be like, eh, mm, 2018 Kanye? <laughs> mm, nah. Um, it was a really unfortunate comparison that I don't know if it's intentional or not, but there's that, there's that bit in, uh, in I thought about killing you where he says like, um, I don't know if he says like, you look like butt week, uh, buckwheat, uh, nigga, we gonna be okay. And it's like, are you, is that a Kendrick? Are you calling out Ken? What is happening there? Cause we gonna be okay is just a thing I, I will always associate with Kendrick Lamar now. Yeah. And it's super interesting because one of one of the things that maybe unites this with with Kendrick uh, with Kendrick's output for me is that when you go back and you listen to Kendrick after Good Kid, Mad City, but before To Pimp a Butterfly, he says, "Listen, my next album is going to be really dark. It has a lot to do with mental health. You know, I talked to a lot of people who said that on Good Kid, Mad City, it helped them through through shit and let them know that it was okay to have dark feelings. Uh, and then To Pimp a Butterfly leans in on that." in a big way. Uh, you know, it's also a weird concept album that's doing some other shit, but, but there are tracks on the Pimp Butterfly where I think Kendrick does a really fantastic job, um, digging into his own depression and his own stress and his own, you know, his own anxiety. Um, and it's rough to compare those to yay to, to Pimp a Butterfly. It is not a, it is not a comparison. You even wanted to unintentionally make me make, yeah. well, you know, and- I I was thinking like the the last thing Kanye wants to do is is have Kendrick Lamar push a T him right? No, um, yeah. yeah. But on the other hand, like you got to think that like even if you wanted to, there'd be someone in Kendrick's life being like, just don't do it. Like, don't don't go after that old man. You know? Right. Well, that's the thing. It's like who goes after Kanye? What's the gain? You know? Yeah. yeah. Which also to me. <sighs> speaks to a little bit of there's there is here's an, an uh, a thing about the Donald Trump there's a here's a Donald Trump comparison that I think maybe holds up one of the things that we talked a lot as a culture uh, about Donald Trump going into the election was like I don't think that guy has as, as much money as he says he does I think he's lying about being a billionaire and Kanye has certainly had moments when it is clear that he is not as rich as he puts on because he has had serious debts because he's begged people publicly for money. Um, oh, we because about any of go ahead the, um, the Donda stuff. Speaking of money, which Donda stuff? Oh my uh, god, yeah. we didn't talk about any of the Donda. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fuck. Do you want to? Well, I really to finish my thought really quick is like the Kanye now has this feeling of being like. On one hand, it's clear he's so wealthy that he's disconnected from the ground floor, from the people who – and we can we'll pivot from this right into the, what you're talking about, Allie. Um, but from, like, the on-the-ground people he swears he cares about. But on the other hand, it kind of feels like he's so in the ether that – and so um, that he doesn't have shit to go after. Like, there's nothing – you don't get anything by going after Kanye West – he isn't it isn't even punching up it isn't even it's not it's it's like shrugging to go after Kanye West like all right yeah good you went after the guy who no one likes right now okay so like, I don't expect a Kendrick or anybody even like Drake to really go after Kanye because there's nothing you don't come out looking stronger because Kanye is in such a position of weakness in the culture currently you know 
Um, speaking of people who are who are actually at positions of weakness, do you want to talk about the the Donda uh, organization stuff? Where to even start? Um, yeah, I think that it started with. I don't think Kanye did anything. I think it was. Um... It was the Donda Instagram, right? The Donda House. So I wish we should start with there is a there is an organization called Donda's House that Kanye put together along with Rhymefest, who we've talked about previously. Yes. Rhymefest was one of Kanye's co-writers. He wrote. He has a Grammy for writing "Jesus Walks," um, and it's like an arts organization. Um, you know, uh, uh, an arts kind of education uh, organization in Chicago. It's meant to help and mentor, you know, kids and young adults, um, you know, from like their mid-teens through their early 20s. Um, yeah. And it was, again, it was founded by by Rhymefest, by Kanye, and probably by a couple of other people whose names I don't know because I haven't looked it up. <laughs> um, and uh, I think the other weird thing about that is a lot of Kanye's, like, less bad tweets have centered on being like oh donda is going to we're trying to change the company into this other thing or it's those two companies which two which two um which... because you keep saying like oh donda's gonna start doing all of oh, this oh, other oh. stuff in his tweet right well like it's also been deeper than that i think because kanye has for a long time been like you know, Kanye has has been very vocal at saying the reason he doesn't like Obama is because Obama didn't do anything to stop violence in Chicago. And one of the very smart responses has been like, what have you done to stop violence in Chicago, Kanye? Like, you aren't on the ground floor anymore. Yeah. You aren't there anymore. And so Donda's house had been for some time a sort of like shield for Kanye in that sense because he could point to that organization. Um which now maybe less so, uh, <laughs> because there had been sort of like Kim had kind of come out and said, "Hey, I think it was Kim who had kind of come out and said, "Hey, shit is not as clean at, at Donda's house as as what you are saying." Right? There had been some. There had been some. So it was uh, Donda's Instagram was like, "Hey, we don't want to do this in public, but um, we're not getting financial support from Kanye West anymore, so we're opening right. don donations." Um, right. Then after the the Duppy stuff, um, Rhymefest himself was like, "Hey Drake, if you get that check from Kanye West, <laughs> could you donate to the organization that he's a part of? Because we haven't seen a dime from him." Um, uh, yeah. And that yeah. is what set uh, Kim off to make like forty tweets that was like, "You're not running it. I'm gonna take it from you." Yada yada yada. Right. Um, and then they came out and said, "Hey, we are gonna not call ourselves Donta's House anymore." Actually. Um, and that's so depressing. Yeah. Um, she went really, really hard. And then, and then Rhymefest also, Rhymefest had put out a, a note that said, um, I mean, this is, this is, I'm just going to read Chase. This is Rhymefest's post. Uh, Dear Kim Kardashian West, I don't care if no one on your timeline knows who I am. The people in my community and in my city do, and that's what truly matters to me. Your husband and I have been in correspondence for the last two months, which, as you stated, even you saw me in the studio recently. Kanye asked me if I could come help him with his album again. I wasn't seeking Kanye, he was seeking me. I spoke to your husband about peace and balance, as well as the work that we've been doing in Chicago regarding Donda's house. He was more interested in his record. Understand that the mission of Donda's Donda's House has always been the value of collaboration, community, and empowering youth to pursue their creative goals and dreams. What part about that would make it worthy of you or anyone else destroying it? 
speed of the 500 plus youth that we've worked with. Show up to the upcoming audition that we have scheduled for young people to perform at festivals this upcoming Friday. Foot the bill as we have done for youth to record or contact more of your famous friends to actually come and sit with the youth. How can you criticize an organization that you've never physically been to or that you've never even talked to the executive director or any of the team? And lastly, I actually knew, knew and was mentored by Dr. Donda West personally and I've met with and spoke to hundreds of her students and mentees who not only support the work that we are doing in Chicago but compel it. At this point, if you and Kanye want us to dissolve the organization so that you can do the work, we welcome that, as we will continue from our home in the south side of Chicago to do what we can do to support the community we've worked five years to build in spite of your and Kanye's lack of interest and support. You've been not only you've uh, you've been not privy to the conversations that we've had, the emails that we've sent, and frankly, the positive press that Connie has received as a result of our work. I encourage you, instead of attacking me personally, to Google us, watch the videos of our YouTube channel featuring just just channeling Shaq there. <laughs> Google me, Chuck. Uh, to Google us, watch the videos on our YouTube channel featuring our work, and come actually speak to the young people who've been involved in our program before you in your position of privilege from God knows where in the world via social media attempt to dismantle this, this valued community asset. You and your team know how to get in contact with me, and we're awaiting your decision because our community will be okay regardless. Whew. Yeah. Um, it's tough, but this, this stuff Kim said was disgusting. It was like... You came to Wyoming, tried to be on this album, Freak Yeezys, and got kicked out. And it's like, why wouldn't Kanye West just give him a pair of Yeezys? Like, that's... Yep. Like, what do you even... Yep. I don't know. It, like, it's one of those moments where it's like, oh, yeah, Kim Kardashian isn't that great. Like... <laughs> yeah. We're like, oh, yeah, Kim Kardashian has never really done anything that's required her to be particularly smart or thoughtful. <laughs> let's walk that back a little (laughs) i mean she's i mean she's she's done things for her own causes um she's certainly like done a lot of community work and taken full page ads and like for her um for charities i don't even know where she's from and i should know before i say that no you're right that was that was entirely (laughs) too harsh but it's one of those like where like she thought this was one thing and it was another Mm-hmm. And it's because that she like she has a very particular kind of media savvy, and it's not this one. Yeah, that's. And fair. I think that is what I should have said the first time. <laughs> um, but like, it, I think she also has the like the Kanye West problem of like she thinks she's very very smart, <laughs> and she's just like yeah very like, smart, smart in smart. Uh, in ways that make her right yeah, yeah successful she's... in those in those corridors. Yeah, yeah the work yeah. that she does is work and valid, but. You know, it is not the work that Donda's house is doing. Um, she right. has a couple of very, very, you know, important and powerful skills. And because of that, thinks she's amazing at everything. Right. Yeah. And in uh, that, she's married again, the perfect uh, husband. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, like a uh, husband, like wife. Yeah. That's how, that's how it goes. Also, to be fair, firing off like 30 tweets, a very powerful wife move. <laughs> Still kudos to that. But like, I hate all of those tweets and the points that she was making. They're real but, fucking you know, bad. They're really bad. Um. Um, so we're in a weird place, I think. I think it's fair to say that. Uh, it has been, we're still in the middle of these, these we're still going to get more Kanye uh, soon because that Cuddy album, that Kanye Cuddy album is coming out. Um, I don't remember when, I don't know when that, is it this the week? check. It might be it's either this week or next week, right? It's weird that Cuddy didn't have a verse on this album, right? He has like the... I mean, that's kind of what Cuddy I... does now, right? It's just... Yeah, he's a singer. Yeah. More than a rapper these days. Um, but like John know. Legend had a verse on this album. He did, which is 
Thanks. Uh, Thanks, John. Well, I mean, he went to Chrissy, dinner, come get your man. Try to talk to him, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the 8th is when this is out. I will be about to get on a plane to go to E3. It's great. Um, speaking of, is we E3 may not have an episode. Already? E3 is next Monday. Or next, not next Monday, next. This Saturday is when when uh, EA has its press conference. So I'll be in LA on Saturday the 9th. Uh, and we'll be there until the weekend, the next weekend. Um, so Art, we should get dinner at least once. Yeah, come hang out. Um, I won't talk I about video games my best. for a second. <laughs> um, also, uh, that means we probably won't have a regular episode next Monday because I will be in LA, and because my whole week is fucking booked, um, we can try to sneak one in, but I, I'm not convinced that we will. So uh, maybe don't hold hold your breath on that one. Um, any other thoughts? Any other final musings for the special app? Um, uh, I mean, I guess just a. You already said that we might be missing the next episode, but any updates to the plan will probably be when we debate Father Stretch My Hands next week. Uh huh. Very timely time to be thinking about that song. Uh huh. Boy, howdy. Uh, also, uh, shout outs to the, the Waypoint community who has a really great thread. Uh, if you go to discourse.zone or form.waypoint.vice.com, there is a really great thread uh, for one song only that I did not know existed. And then I opened it the other day and it had like 112 posts in it. So <laughs> I was like, oh, word? It's like that. Okay. Um, so shout outs to, to all y'all for, for coming along with us on this journey. All right. As always, you can follow the show on Twitter. Twitter.com slash one song pod. You can sort of support us via the side by going to friends at the table.cash and, and following us, sub- subscribing to us there on Patreon. Uh, that is our, our other podcast where we pretend to be giant robot pilots and paladins and whatnot. Um, you know, ghost hunters sometimes. It's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. Uh, so again, friends at the table.cash for that. Um, as always, thank you to Chris Kindred for the incredible cover art. Follow Chris at It's Kindred on Twitter. And shoutouts to Too Mellow for our intro and outro tracks. Follow Mellow at Mellow Makes, M-E-L-L-O, Makes on Twitter. And at TooMellowMakes.BandCamp.com. I think Mellow also has a Patreon, so you should Google that and su- support him there because he if, makes good beats. If you go to Mellow's uh, Twitter, uh, that is a person who does not care for this uh, Kanye West album. Oh, yeah. If you want someone to just go in on this album, yeah. it's Mellow. It's Mellow because Mellow was a was like a was like a, a, a true pilgrim on the journey of, of becoming a, a producer in the wake of Kanye West. You know, was truly following in Ye's footsteps and is now like, man, man, this is worse. This is, you did worse now. Uh, yeah. So check that out. You follow me on Twitter at Austin underscore Walker. Where can people find you, Allie? Um, I am over at Allie underscore West on Twitter.com. And what about you, Art? I'm at a Tebble. Word. All right, everybody. We'll be back in a few weeks to go over the next uh, set of songs. I should say them one more time so that you can all prepare for them. So not this coming Monday, but the Monday after that, you should be ready to, to hear us talk about... Wait, are we already up to... Okay, no, no, okay. Ooh, I got worried real quick. Uh, about Gold Digger and Gotta Have It, Slow Jams and No More Parties in LA, Say You Will versus Good Morning, and Power versus Father Stretch My Hands, part one. Laugh, lots of laughter already. Um, on what this, no, just as a are. quick update for the people. We, had, like, we didn't have a real discussion about it. We thought maybe about replacing Slow Jams again, but like, I don't want people to be mad at us for just 
bur- burying Pablo on this on this uh, bracket. So rest <laughs> assured, leave, we're gonna leave slow jams on. That's okay. That's a reason. <laughs> we're leaving right, on everybody. slow jams so Pablo gets a win. Fuck. Oh, <laughs> no, there's some other wins on here for Pablo. No, there are, and I. There's but, one I other just, win for sure. I think. Here's the thing: is I don't want to replace slow jams with um, "gone" or two words, and then like still be like, but I still kind of like no parties, no like, because I don't know that I'll ever like it that much. Um, right. Exactly. All right. So there. we will. We will. <laughs> it's too right, low everybody. of a seed. Is the? Uh, I guess it's a low. No. Oh no! Slow jams is a three. What? Is a that three, should be I know. two words. That should be two words. <laughs> All right, everybody. We will be back in a couple of weeks. Peace. Peace.